1: Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Preem, Eric Scopo with me as always. And today we are going to wrap up our defensive side of the 2020 preview and take a look at Oregon's DBs going into the 2020 football season. But first, I want to remind you guys you can subscribe today for $1 for your first month at duckterritory.com, $9.95 thereafter that or save over $36 over the course of a year by subscribing with the annual membership, one-time payment, $75.18. Both options give you inside scoop on the Oregon Ducks, expert analysis and opinion, read all the content across the entire 24/7 sports network. And on top of that, you get CBS all access for both options free on top of your membership, live sports, movies on demand, commercial free TV shows. It all comes with CBS all access. Okay, Eric, um, Oregon's defensive backs, going into the 2020 season when Oregon walked off the field uh, from the Rose Bowl, Pac-12 champions, Rose Bowl champions, and then a couple weeks later when Thomas Graham and Diomade Lenore, uh, along with Jordan Scott and Austin Folio, announced that they were coming back for their senior seasons. Going into spring football, you felt like – Oregon's DBs were the best in the country. They had Javon Holland, first-round pick, potential first-round draft pick. You had two elite cornerbacks that were seniors in Lenore and Graham. You had Mike Hale-Wright, who was a sophomore going into 2020 and, and possibly better than than anyone in the secondary. Uh, you've, you've added Varone McKinley, Nick Pickett, Brady Breeze, who was Rose Bowl MVP. And all of a sudden, you also add a couple key off-season acquisitions in terms of... Five star Dante Manning at quarterback, Bennett Williams. And you look at this group and say, they are bona fide elite. They are probably the best unit in all of college football in the back end of the defense. Fast forward till now, Holland is out, Graham is out, Breeze is out. And yet, Eric, I still kind of feel like maybe they're not the best defensive backfield in the entire country but they're still going to be one of the best in my eyes. Is that, is that too, too confident in the depth that Oregon has assembled?
0: I think give me a couple of games and I'll have a better answer on that, but I certainly don't think it's ludicrous to suggest this is going to be a really good defensive backfield. Um, and, and honestly, probably still, if not the best in the, back, in the Pac-12, certainly in that conversation. Uh, I mean, you, know, you, you ran through all of who's back and legitimate NFL draft picks and De'Ami Lenore and Mikhail right. I um, if there's any question about that. I think you could probably argue the exact same thing about Veron McKinley at, at some point here. Um, Nick Pickett, maybe he has a big senior season. We'll talk about him in a minute. He's gained about 10 pounds of weight. Physically looks different. Um, and then a player you mentioned earlier, like a Bennett Williams, a Jordan Apple, some of these guys, maybe they factor into it. Um, so yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. It, it is, again, pretty remarkable to lose three players of the caliber you just mentioned to opt out, and still look at this group and feel somewhat optimistic. And it went, And I we should say, before all this took place, we thought best in the country, best in the conference. I certainly had this as the highest-rated position group on Oregon's team, and certainly on the defense as well. Now I kind of think you take a step back. we've done the, this is our last defensive position group. I probably feel like the least confident about this group than I do of any of the defensive groups, but I still feel pretty darn good because, like we said, a ton of guys back, and and I think these additions, these these players that they've added this off season, I think are going to be pretty significant in terms of adding depth.
1: Mention off season acquisitions. We didn't bring up Jordan Happel, who was literally an addition day before, day couple days before fall camp started and if you're unfamiliar with who who jordan Happel is five foot 11 senior safety transfer from boise state played his prep football though at jesuit high school in portland was a three-star recruit coming out of high school uh standout receiver standout wide receiver uh, safety uh, for the jesuit crusaders as a redshirt freshman in 2017 played in 12 of 13 games 15 total tackles 9 solo his first career interception, this is a really funny uh, mm-hmm. connection here, comes off of Justin Herbert in the 2017 Vegas Bowl. Uh, he was a player on that defense, a, a reserve. As a sophomore for the, for the Broncos in 2018, he played in he played eight games, made four starts, and then last year as a junior in 2019, was expected to be kind of their go-to safety uh, but injuries limited him to just five games, finished with 22 total tackles, 14 solo, uh, two pass breakups. Comes to Oregon now, immediately eligible. And I don't know if it's safe to say that it's a high expectation that he he starts, but it sounds like from his history and understanding of working with Andy Avalos at Boise State, he knows the basics, the foundation of Oregon's defense. And at very worst – this is going to be a guy that's going to give you solid contributions off the bench and provide you solid depth. And maybe if if pushed into an emergency start can be a really good safety.
0: Yeah. I think you're exactly right on that. And and then they've said as much, you mentioned it. He has experience with these calls and these checks at that safety position um, from playing at Boise state. Um, Andy Avalos, you know, said it's there's some things he's going to have to figure out. It's not all, Identical to what he'd done previously, some of the terminology might be different, but quite frankly, he's got a, a step up on what a traditional or typical first-year player in that defense would have. And um, you know, Mario Cristobal was very high on him when he spoke last Wednesday. Um, he said, "Quote: In the short time that he's been here, everything I've seen lends me to believe that we found ourselves a guy who's going to be a major contributor and a guy who fits into the culture extremely well." So you know. Early signs on Jordan Apple, or I guess early kind of the response has been very positive. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see kind of how he fits into this. Um, he is a, at he's coming in with somebody who played the boundary corner position, uh, which is the position that like Verone McKinley, or sorry, he played the field position, which is the same position that Verone McKinley uh, played last year. Um, and that I believe Brady Breeze filled in and played at times last year as well. Um, also has experience playing some nickel. But I think right now, we'll, we'll jump into this in a second. I think right now, uh, Jordan Happel's probably a second team guy pushing to be a starter as opposed to the other way around based upon at least what we've heard about a weekend to fall camp.
1: Now, the starting lineup, I think it's safe to say Lenore and Wright have kind of got those cornerback spots locked up. Um, Nick Pickett, has one of the safety spots bro mckinley could you could argue bro mckinley could be oregon's other starting safety or he could maybe be the nickelback for the ducks he played that as a true freshman was supposed to start there as a redshirt freshman last year in 2019 but then uh, day before the game or a couple the week of the game against auburn moved to safety holland moved to nickel and we know the rest uh, i think he is kind of super versatile. So it could maybe be Verone. It maybe could be Jamal Hill. Um, I feel pretty confident in that group. And for me, Eric, I, I look at, if that's your starting unit, those five guys, mm-hmm. you look at this and say, they're elite, they're going to be good. They're going to be one of the better units in the, in, in the Pac-12, one of the better units in the country. But we all understand that injuries happen. And we all understand that maybe a, a penalty happens, a late hit, a targeting penalty gets called in the second half of a football game. Like we saw uh, from Nick Pickett, which forced him out of the game and and forced Brady Breeze to start, you know, uh, a a late November game, which started the run for him. Um, There's also COVID still out there. Maybe a guy gets knocked out for a game or two. So we understand that that five guys is not enough to start and, and run through an entire season. The question becomes, is Oregon's second unit going to be good enough where the drop-off is minimal when, when these guys have to be called upon? Because they will be.
0: I think, yeah, and that's really where you have some question here. The, again, the positive thing about this is the second unit guys aren't going to be players with like no experience, maybe no experience at Oregon, but no, not no experience in college. We mentioned Jordan Apple coming over from Boise State. Bennett Williams, I know we mentioned him earlier, but just a little more information on him. He was a freshman All-American at Illinois um, about two or three years ago, ended up going the Juco route after, I think, an off-field incident forced him to leave the Illini. And now he's at Oregon. He's a junior. He's got some collegiate experience. He's another guy probably factors in on the second team. I think based upon what we've heard, he's probably a little bit more of a boundary safety and Happel's a little bit more of a free safety so maybe Bennett Williams is Nick Pickett's backup and Happel is Verone McKinley's backup assuming that that's kind of how things play out there and Jamal Hill is able to play nickel um the backup at nickel is probably going to be a Jordan Happel uh because as uh Andy Avalos and Mario Cristobal and I think even Verone McKinley said it's kind of a natural tr- transition This is stuff I don't even I don't think I recognize going into it but seems to be a natural transition from that free safety or that field safety spot to the nickel position. So the players playing that are kind of the ones you'd expect to factor in there. So those might be a couple, that would probably be the, the, the fit there. Um, and I think at corner DJ James is a guy we were talking about not long ago about being a starter. And we felt like hey, he would probably be the weakest starter of the group, but we didn't feel like he was going to be a huge detriment to this team. Um, certainly feel not, not, nothing has changed in that regard since I know um, Nick Pickett, I asked him about what it was like having Diamond Lenore back. And he, of course, we should note Pickett Lenore played together at Salesian high school down in the LA area. This is like their sixth or seventh year playing uh, football together. But Pickett said, even if Lenore had to come back, they were going to be pretty confident because of what DJ James has shown. So I feel pretty good about him at the one backup corner spot. The other one is going to be impl- filled by either a five-star recruit in Dante Manning or TriQuest Bridges, who's a, a, a trans, you know a player who played safety in high school, played a little bit there last fall before moving over to corner himself, long rangy athlete. I think we're all pretty excited about him. And I haven't even – I should note, I haven't mentioned Steve Stevens at safety um, as another one of those guys at the boundary side with Bennett Williams behind Nick Pickett. So I, I, I look at this, and he, and he is a player, we should say, Stevens, who's continued to receive a, a lot of praise throughout this. So, yeah, I look at this group and say – we haven't seen them prove it on the field at Oregon, really. I mean, none of the guys I just ran through have really shown a lot. I know DJ James and Steve Stevens each had a play or two, definitely played some last year at Oregon. But the other guys are, are all newcomers who I think have high upside. So, we, again, I want to see it on the field. But I don't think you look at this group and think, oh, boy, they couldn't, they couldn't sustain a loss or two here. I think they've got the, the depth behind them to at least be serviceable um, if they have to deal with anything like what you described earlier.
1: Steve Stevens, I was going to bring him up if you didn't. And this is, this is the program's highest rated safety commit in program history. There's, yep. there's no one higher rated than him coming into the program. And he and Javon Holland showed up together as part of the 2018 class. Stevens was the 11th best safety in the country. Holland was the 13th best safety in the country. And, and look, sometimes some guys pick up on things and adjust to, to the new speed of football quicker than others. And for Holland, he showed up day one and was ready to go physically and mentally from, from you know, being a, an instant impact player for the Ducks. Steve Stevens needed a year to redshirt. Uh, he showed up at Oregon and I don't know if he, necessarily, I don't know, if, I can't remember if he played all four games. Uh, he played in three games in 2018 and was still able to redshirt. In 2019, he played in, all th- he played in 13 of 14 games for the Ducks, had seven total tackles. Uh, and a guy that Keith Hayward said you know, th- this past week that the time is now for Steve. He's really excited for Steve Stevens' the safety because he's really improved. He's, he's got an opportunity to play a ton of minutes for, for Oregon on the football team. And all of a sudden, you're replacing Javon Holland, who's potentially going to be a first-round draft pick, with a guy who on paper is the highest-rated player in program history. I mean, look at the pro- the programs that offered him. Andy Avalos at Boise State offered, ASU offered him, LSU offered him, Oklahoma, USC, Washington, uh, Washington State, Notre Dame. Uh, Some of these schools, big time programs, offered him a scholarship out of of high school. And look, the reality is, is he's needed a little bit of time to, to, to get himself ready to play. But at the same time, I think you can also argue that Javon Holland was probably better than expected immediately when he stepped on campus and kind of won that job immediately. And so it's Steve's opportunity now to, to get more playing time. And in theory, Oregon could be getting a guy that's a high level athlete.
0: I don't think there's any question he is that already. Now it's just what can he provide? And quick quote here, um well couple, I'll run through a couple quotes from Christopher about the defensive backfield here. Um the first thing he, you know, we should know uh, earlier this week he he wanted to run through and media members aren't at practice. He wanted to run through some guys who'd stood out and he, he, he named four or five players in this defensive backfield that, that had stood out and first acknowledged the leadership of Nick Pickett and Vro McKinley as special to watch. It's got to continue to grow and improve and it can never let up. And then this was the one that was in reference to Stevens. And I thought was pretty notable. He says, I see Jamal Hill and Steve Stevens really jumping out on tape. They understand what they're doing. They're playing fast. They're making plays and you'd love hearing that with those two guys, um, just singling them out again. That was not after somebody asked a question about either of those two, that was voluntary that he thought those guys, those are the second, by the way, that's the second pair of players he mentioned when he ran through this. And he, he mentioned about two dozen guys and the second names, he kn- I don't know exactly what the order was, if this was just off the top of his head, how he had it written down or whatnot, but he certainly, the fact that this was, you know, near the, near the first group that he mentioned, I think is somewhat notable. Um, so I, I'm with you on Steve Stevens. I, I think I don't expect him to start. I think we've already kind of run through what the starting lineup will likely be, and we've heard really good things. And again, I just mentioned the quote and read it from about Pickett and McKinley. We've heard good things about them at that safety spot. I think those two guys are going to start the season there. I think Jamal Hill is going to start the season at nickel, and we already know the, the corners. So I'm not expecting Steve Stevens to start, but I think when he does see the field, he's going to be a, a capable player. And then one other player we haven't mentioned yet, and I, I don't know exactly what his impacts are going to be this season but just we have to talk about Daywood davis um yeah. you know and 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 just what he's done and we know we've mentioned it before but uh coming back and it looks like basically being now a full-time defensive player they've they've shown the well we've received a couple of batches of photos that have every every, every one of them has davis wearing the green jersey that is referenced you know that, that represents the defensive side of the football in practice it seems pretty clear he's playing there after he was expected to play a wide receiver and i know we ran through this last week but you know, back and back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, he has gone. And again, um, this quote, I thought, really summed it up for Mario Cristobal. I can't say enough about him. Most unselfish guy I've ever seen, handles a lot and manages a lot. And I'm so proud of him. He's tough, 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 tough in every sense of the word. So um, I, I just think, it, again, he, he's become a bit of like a, a cult hero on, on DuckTerritory.com. I know a lot of support, a lot of fans for Daywood because of what he's gone through and, and also the the, ch- the changes in positions. I'm really curious and excited to see how he might fit in on this defense. Again, supposedly playing some corner um, last year. I think he was working on the field side uh, where I, I, we expect Mikhail Wright to start. So maybe he's another name to, to know there along with Dante Manning and TriQuest Bridges on that side.
1: Let's end the show with this last year. I feel like, it was Michael Wright and Verone McKinley who kind of became new names in that secondary group. That were like, okay, these guys are good. They're not the best players in the backfield, but in one or two years, they could be. Um, for me, I'm going to look at this and I'm going to say that that next guy who, at the end of the 2020 football season, we're going to say this this guy's ready. He's going to be a star in 2021 and an all Pac-12 caliber guy. I'm and I'm I'm gonna go with Jamal Hill. I, I think the sophomore played in 14 games as a true freshman for the Ducks. He's in a position to start at nickelback right now. Uh, Verone McKinley says there's gonna be little drop off between Javon Holland and the Jamal Hill. Um, I, I look at the body type that Hill is six foot one, two hundred pounds, very big dude, very aggressive safety uh, can play cornerback, can can play safety. That's why he's at the nickel spot, on the line, off the line. I think at the end of the year in 2020, going into the 2021 season, we're going to be talking about Jamal Hill as an all-caliber, all-Pac-12 type player going into that 2021 season.
0: Same pick here. Um, I, I still remember the first day of fall camp last year, of not knowing where he was going to line up exactly. And you see him with the nickel group. And I was a little bit skeptical because of his body type. I mean, he is a huge kid. He's built like a linebacker. He's six foot two, every bit of, I think 205 pounds is what they list him at. I mean, he's a muscular fit, 205 pounds. He's not carrying any bad weight. And I still remember, and I can't remember if it was our photographer, Gary Breedlove, or if it was Kevin Wade, um, we were watching a drill and he went up for, it was just like a, you know, you have the defensive backs backpedal 20 yards under the field. And you kind of throw like a pop fly to them and they have a chance to practice intercepting it. And he leapt way, way up in the air and made a one handed catch. And we have that photo. This is the very first day of last fall. And we have that photo somewhere in our archives Again, I don't remember who took it, but that kind of, that's kind of the image in my head of him of just like the upside athletically and everything he can bring together is, he is a, an incredible athlete at his size. And the one-handed catch he made, again, and I haven't seen his ball skills really in play other than that, that stuck with me of, like, this guy, the upside, he could make some incredible plays. And, again, we don't – just because you make a great one-handed catch in your first day of practice doesn't mean you're going to be a superstar. I think that's a, a, a crazy expectation to place on somebody. But that always stood out to me of just, like, boy, he looked the part, and then he made some plays that really turned my head. And that was just day one of his first college practice
1: going to do it for us here on the Aughts and Audibles podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. We've got special teams coming up that will wrap up our entire series on Oregon football going into the 2020 previous season. For Eric, I'm Matt. Thank you for listening to the Aughts and Audibles podcast.
0: Talk to you later, folks.